Hello, listener. Yes, sir. ADR, Area de Rigori. That is the Serie A podcast, weekly Serie A podcast for BreakingTheLines.com. Go check out all the articles and follow on Twitter. I am Danish Iqbal. And I am Maxi Angelo. Ah, I like how you <laughs> picked up on that for a second. I thought, oh, God, we're going to have silence <laughs> for 10 seconds here. <laughs> no, no, um, I did. How are you, Max? Yeah, I'm good. Uh, I had uh, the day off, so now I'm relaxed and ready to talk calcio. Calcio, the calcio, no? Si. How did you spend your day off? The boring stuff. Shopping. Give us something. Uh, cleaning. It has to be done. Some st- Something must happen to you, Max. Come on. You just. I watched, I watched uh, football you, tonight. But it seems like you just go through life so normally and then you just watch a lot of football and then you, you go to sleep. That is basically my life. <laughs> it's basically <laughs> mine too. It's awesome. <laughs> anyway, we had a double header of a match week because of the strange timing of the World Cup. Well, hey, Winter World Cup. Uh, we had match games on Saturday and Sunday. And then we had lovely games on, um, I mean, tonight. Tuesday, and then, Wednesday. Yeah, t- tonight and then last night as well. Uh, th- th- there was plenty of big games this weekend. Plenty to digest, actually. Loads going on. Um, we'll hit you with the score lines first of all. Cremonese lost to Torino. Shock. Juventus and Roma drew. AC Milan beat Bologna 2-0. Spezia and Sassuolo 2-2. This was on the Saturday. Moving on to the Sunday. Verona nil, Atalanta 1. Fiorentina nil-nil with Napoli. Lecce 1, Empoli 1. Salernitana beat Sampdoria 4-0. Damn, Bonazzoli scored. Good side, <laughs> yep. not there. Big up Bonazzoli. And then the uh, midweek fixtures in a fantastic game on Tuesday it was very weird because this was a 5.30 on a Tuesday. So everybody on my feed was like watching it and watching Milan. And they got to see a nil-nil um, with Sassuolo. It was an awful game. Inter beat Cremonese 3-1. Roma beat the Berlusconi-owned Monza 3-0. And then tonight, Empoli won, Verona won, Sampdoria won, Lazio won, Udinese won, Fiorentina nil, Juve 2, Spezia nil. And Napoli have just drawn with Lecce. Um I thought it was oh, oh no, Lorenzo Colombo missed the pen for for Lecce. He could have yeah. had two, and then he scored a screamer. For too. some reason, somebody oh. told me that he'd scored the penalty. Oh and no, that was the one-one. So if you're listening, no. you didn't fool me. <laughs> anyway. Plenty to discuss. Um, I think the games are coming thick and fast, and they will be now till the next weird international break, which is in like two weeks or three weeks. Is that right? I think so, yeah. Uh, yeah, so it's uh, we, we had plenty of biggies this weekend, and we've got a big game coming up. It's the Derby. Derby de la Madonina. Did I say that right? Derby de la Madonina. Davide la Madonina. No, Davide no, la Madonina. Because Nina means kid in Spanish. Anyway, look, yeah. loads, loads of stuff happened this weekend, <laughs> and we've got the derby coming up. 
let's start off with Lazio 3, Inter 1. This was on the Friday night. Um, actually missed out on saying that one. Um, but this was the biggie, Maurizio Sari against Simone Inzaghi. What did you think of this, Max? I, I thought it was kind of a, a statement from how far the Lazio's project has come with Maurizio Sari. I think you can see some clear tendencies there now uh, from a typical Maurizio Sari type of football. Uh, and I, I think that if if we're judging from the entire season so far, uh, it's a it's a better looking Lazio, uh, at least performance wise. Uh, so it it kind of is an indication of that Maurizio Tari needs time, but when you give it to him, you you see results. Yeah, I think we're certainly seeing some like out of possession some plays of Sarismo now. Um, the, the famously kind team of term of Maurizio Sarri and the way he likes to play football. Well, I kept saying it last season that this season in Rome was going to be more interesting because obviously Roma and, and Jose Mourinho have had a bucket load of signings and, and some money. And Sarri the same. He's basically got had a season to shift out the players that he didn't want and bring in the players that he wanted and sort of mark down the players that he thought is going to be of use to him. I think it's something like like half the team, don't quote me on this, but half the team that Simone Inzaghi started against Inter two seasons ago as Lazio manager played against Inter on Friday, which is like you can see he's moulding the team in in his fashion. I um, was really impressed with, uh, with Lazio's pressing in this. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Like super, super impressive. Like they they cut off uh, the passing angles to the wing backs. Whenever De Vrij had the ball, they knew he was going to pass to Bastoni or Skriniar. So what they were doing, uh, Milinkovic Savic was push- pushing up and pressing. Sometimes they were pressing with as much as like six players in a three-three or even a four-three. Um, so Zakani, Mobile, Savic, Anderson all pushing up, and then behind them. Uh, Vicino, Cataldi, and then Lazzari would push up to prevent the passing angle to the fullback as well. Yes, yeah, it, they they were very effective with with their press, and I don't necessarily think they have this kind of intensive press, but they no 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 structured but if, it really well. If you structure it well enough, um, like into. When, when they pass the ball, it's more patient play. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's not like the Conte of two years ago where it's fast, progressive, pass the ball to the striker dropping deep, wing back makes a run, CM joins in to the passing combinations, then off you go. It's it's a little bit more patient. But if you close the passing off passing angles off like they did, then you, you know it was it was very effective. It felt like they did this last season, uh Lazio and their pressing, and it just it was kind of discombobulated it was sort of all over the place um which resulted in a lot of like chaotic games and a lot of like four falls and a lot of like three threes but they they knew what they were doing in in this game a bit more um i think they also realized that if we press brozovic they're not really gonna have an outlet to conduct attacks when he was in possession um Cataldi, Lazio's holding the field where they pressed to switch uh, the structure into a 3-3. So, like, whenever he had the ball, there was, like, three players around him all the time. 
and then wingers will push up. So the passing angles to the fullbacks will cut off as well. I hope that's not too tactical, but they, they basically pressed really, really well and pinpointed Bro- Brozovic as sort of the, the puppet master. Yes, and I think that a kind of proof of how well they did that is if you look at Inter's midweek game against Cremonese, um, they were lethal on the counters, but against Lazio, they didn't get kind of the opportunity to, yeah. to kind of execute those same counters. It was sort of a frequent occurrence that, that we were just seeing Brozovic go, oh, look, I don't know who to pass to here, back to De Vrij or Bastoni, and then they'd just try and go long yeah. to Lukaku, uh, and then it just, it just wouldn't work. How good was Luis Alberto's Thunderbolt, by the way? I can't believe you mentioned it. <laughs> it was amazing. Damn, that was good. Yeah. It's a perfect um, hit on the ball. And then it was almost as good as Milinkovic Savic's diagonal ball for the opener. Yeah. Yeah, I think Lazio is playing really fun football to to kind of observe uh, now when, when everything is kind of gelling with how Maurizio Sarri wants to play and the players are understanding it and, and everything like that. They it's an it's a very entertaining an entertaining type of football. Yeah. Also just a very, very quick word on Chido Mobile. He it feels like he's always there and always wildly, wildly consistent. Like he's just it's it's just a written fact in life that he'll get you seventeen to twenty goals a season and be the guy who can lead your line, the guy who can press from the front as well, and just be an attacking focal point all the same. Like he's just, he's becoming one of those players who's just consistent all the time. So it's just normal to be like, oh yeah, he's just, he's just that good. You know what I mean? As in a, a player who normally gives a seven or eight out of 10 every yeah, game. Ab- absolutely. And I think, I mean, I think of, course he's a, of course he's a kind of a clinical finisher clinical finisher and everything like that but I also think the kind of his biggest asset is his movement and kind of anticipation of how how his team is going to attack so he always know where to be and that that is kind of how he scores so many goals because he he's such a smart striker yeah um inter beat uh was it Cremonese tonight? Yeah, it was right. Last night, Borella scored um, a thunderbolt. See, I'm getting days mixed up. Uh, in in that three one great goal, they now have. I think is Lukaku injured for the derby. He is. So, do we think that it's going to be Zeko and Correa up front, or? I think so. Yeah, um, Correa and. Um... And Lautaro started against uh, Cremonese. Um, so I kind of think they will continue. Um, they they find each other very well, I think. And yeah. they complement each other well. It's just not a very mobile strike partnership at all. I don't know. No. But I, I, I mean, Lautaro is a given. He, he will start. Uh, the question is... Who he will play with, and I, I right now I think it links towards uh, Joaquin Correa. Yeah, I think Inter would be happier that they played this game earlier in the season and got this loss rather than like game week eighteen or game week. 
Yeah. This type of not not just a result, but this type of performance they had against Cremonese uh, will give them energy now going into the derby because it was yeah. a really great you, you need to like no offense to Cremonese, beat the crap out of some minnows after after a loss like that. Yeah. And they did they did that. It was there's nothing too much to cover there. It was with with relative ease. Yeah, it, it it was a great uh, reaction. Cool. Just actually a last, last quick word, final word on Lazio Inter. Maurizio Sarri said afterwards in the press conferences, I saw that they were losing some intensity in midfield, so I thought this was the best time to change things up in attack and actually counter-punch rather than sit back and defend. So there you go. That's what I do on evenings. I, I sit and I listen to... Mauricio Sari press conferences. <laughs> smoking while smoking a cigarette. Yeah. Oh, I wish. I wish. Anyway, Juve won, Roma won. What do we think? Um it was kind of a <clears throat> the game of two halves, I think. Yeah. I think overall Juve were the better team. Or at least they had the best chances to, to score more than one goal. Um but yeah, I think one one is a fair result. Um but it was kind of a, not as entertaining as um, as, as Lazio, Lazio Inter. But, but, it, but it's Allegri, so you'll get one half of like, oh my God, Juve are playing really good football, or they're at least doing something. Uh, they're, they're utilizing Blahovic a bit better. And normally, you know when Blahovic plays well, I find that Cuadrado plays well. Yeah. As in, as in wide, and and maybe they have a good relationship. And Philip Philip Kostic started on the left as well, but I think he's still sort of getting used to the Serie A and playing with Vlavic and and everything that like that. But normally, Guadrado looks dangerous if Vlahovic is occupying defenders well, which he did in the first half. He was taking Ibanez and Smalling uh, and Mancini away. Yeah, I, I got to say, I think that Dusan Vlahovic this season is something above normal I, I mean what what a player he is um I uh, coming back to to the kind of movement when you when you see just how he moves when Juve are approaching the opposition's uh, penalty area I think it's kind of obvious why he's such a big goal scorer as he is because he, he kind of sniffs out where where the chances will be and is, then he's a clinical finisher on top of that uh, so yeah, I I think that it, it's obvious that he's he's now got a preseason with Juve. He he's understanding his teammates and and Allegri's kind of tactical wishes uh, a lot better than last season. And yeah, he's a much better player now than he was during the second half of of the twenty twenty one twenty twenty two season. Yeah, I even thought he was good that season too. He was just yeah, he was, but I think it's even yeah, better just, now. I think he was just maybe feeding off scraps, but maybe Allegri and Vlahovic are getting used to each other. It's just interesting that every time we mention Juve, we just have to mention Allegri because the, his his football that, that he's playing with Juve now is kind of limiting and also at the same time the biggest talking point because it's it's like maybe this team can go further or... It's a case of well, actually, no. He's doing pretty well with the amount of injuries that they have, and like sort of new players betting in. Yeah, I agree. I agree. 
I mean, it, it's eight points from four. They level with Napoli now. It, it's just really, 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 really early on in the season. Um, it it seems to be with them though. When if the results get on the worse end, if the results go downhill, the the pitchforks will be out for him really, really quickly because he doesn't have any good football to rely on. We'll probably be saying that every week, but yeah. Yeah, I think we said so last week as well. <laughs> Did we? <laughs> I think so. Yeah. <laughs> well, our our listener base loves tuning in to us every week to say the same things. What did we think of Roma in the second half? I thought that the changes he basically brought he brought off Spinazzola. Spinazzola looked tired. He, um, brought off Gianluca Mancini. El Shrawi came on. Zalewski came on. Uh, Mehmet Zekizela came on in the sixty second minute as well. I thought that freshened things up and just about they got the equaliser at the right time. It was a good assist, by the way, by Dybala for for Tavier Graham. Did you see the the celebrations? Yeah, he blew a kiss to him. Yeah, no, no, no. I, I think exactly when Tim Abraham scores the goal, uh, Paulo Dybala is kind of uh, going to celebrate a big celebration. And then he remembers that, shit, this is my old teammates. This is my old stadium. <laughs> Maybe I shouldn't celebrate. <laughs> so he kind of just... I bet, he, I, I bet Paulo Dybala, still before bed, thinks about you there. Yeah, it wouldn't surprise me. Yeah. And he just, and then he looks outside and he sees like the Colosseum, and just the gorgeous city of Rome. <laughs> and then he, and then he remembers Allegri, and he's like, "Ah, oh, now forget it." <laughs> <laughs> I, I have the special one here. <laughs> um, Mourinho said some interesting things after the game. He said he saw an interview with Tammy Abraham saying how good he was, and he said he disagreed because he thought it was terrific. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which is just, uh, and he also mal, mal. said that in in halftime he was ashamed of his team. Yeah, which I mean, he keeps coming up with punchlines and one-liners. But Roma are top after a three-nil victory against Monza. Dybala firing now as well. Um, yeah, but they, they were. Forgive me if I'm wrong, but at the early stages of last season, they were kind of looking good as well and then just faded off yeah and pressure's I, also, on it. I don't I care what anyone says though pressure's on him this year pressure is on this year yeah and I, I also um, think you should remember what teams they faced they faced Salernitana Cremonese and Monza, Monza uh, on top of Juve which is kind of the only big test so far Matic um, Dybala I know he's injured but Gini Wijnaldum Belotti yeah, Bellotti as well, who, look, I think it's a good signing, but do you think he's come knowing that he is going to be like second fiddle to Ab- to Abraham? Surely. Mm. Yeah, I mean, if you if you saw Abraham last season, it's kind but of... But that's, that's, that's good depth in that team. This is a good squad now. It is, yeah. Like, it's a really good squad. It's much better than last season. I think maybe, maybe Roma is the biggest improved squad since last season uh, among the top teams um, it's between them and, and Napoli I think mm. Champions um, I think it's a Champions League that, that squad needs to be getting Champions League at the, at the minimum at the bare minimum yeah. uh, I think it will be between them and Napoli for, for the Champions League spot. yeah I think it's still very early but you can also you can all Already see the seven sisters up there, appropriately from one to seven. 
for sure. But yeah, I think that now he wasn't kind of as dominant against Juve as he was against um, Monza. Uh, mm. But Dybala is looking really good. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. I think it's a he's a he's a, exactly the signing um, Romani that uh, he's kind of this star. Yeah, and he's I I like that he's linking up very well with Tammy Abraham. Uh, I think that both Abraham and Dybala need each other uh, to be kind of reach their heights, um, especially Abraham because now he he has. Someone who will create a lot for him and who will drag drag a lot of uh, attention away. Um, so yeah, now now they have both uh, Pellegrini and Dybala as creators, and I think that's a big big step up from from last season. That sort of was. We had two big games on the weekend: one Friday, one Saturday, uh, and then one Sunday, which was Fiorentina Napoli. A little bit of a drab affair, nil-nil. Um, a quick side note, though. I like that Syria officials are finally scheduling games correctly. You have one big game Friday, one big game Saturday, and then one big game on Sunday. Well done, guys. You're getting there. Um, big applause. Yeah. Producer Juan will take care of it. Yeah. Also, did, have you, did you listen to last week's? He put the techno music on for 10 seconds extra. I love that. At the beginning, we were raving, man. But anyway, speaking of raving, um, Napoli weren't switched formation. <laughs> <laughs> Napoli switched formation in this in this game for the nil nil um, to a four three three. But all I mean, I've spoken a lot about pressing in this this week's podcast. I'll, I'll speak some more now. All Fiorentina did was. Just press Angisa, press Laboka, and that was it. Like they couldn't get out in that sense. And then they were just kind of doing what Inter were doing, um, going long to Ossiman, trying to find balls, uh, trying to find quick diagonal balls to switch to Lozano or Kelia. Yeah, right? well done. Yeah, man. Kavachkelia. Uh wasn't really working. And, um, on the other end, they were getting in quite well, Fiorentina, especially on the left-hand side, again, on uh, Giovanna Di Lorenzo's side, causing overloads with Antonin Barak. Dude, Antonin Barak's on Fiorentina. That, that's our favourite. I know, I know. Anyway, Antonin Barak, Bragi, so- Ricardo Sotil, who looks a lot like Zac Efron, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> Ricardo Sotil looks a lot like Zac Efron. Um, but if... if no offense, Sotil. If his decision making was a little bit better in this in the game against Napoli, I think Fiorentina could have had a goal or two. Yeah, um, I, I uh, as we discussed off off rec- record here, um, I I didn't manage to see this game because I was working, but I I thought I'd leave it. To but don't you. give it away then. You just lie. Well, I, I yeah. think we <laughs> here at Aria de Rigore, we, we do transparency. We owe it to your listeners. Man. Yeah, we, we believe a lot in transparency. So there you go. I'm a fraud. <laughs> it's okay. You can't watch every game. But go on. <laughs> what were you going to say? Sorry? Well, I thought you were going to talk about the game because you still saw highlights and little tidbits. 
Oh was yeah. that it? You just you just proclaimed and said I I am watched and then leave. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you do it. <laughs> no, but I I thought that you kind of um, said it well. I didn't yeah, have but anything I, to add. That's literally all they would they did. They pressed really really well. Um, Ricardo Soto, Lugo Jovic, Ikone, um, Barak, Amrabat, Bonaventura was pretty good in midfield as well, but they just pressed the um, midfielders who both of them took it in turns basically to drop deep. Laboca would drop deep, then Anguisa would drop deep without the other pushing up. Um, Lozano, Cavalli, Schelio trying to spread the play wide, but they, they couldn't really get any service to Ossiman, who normally creates something out of nothing. And then Napoli, on top of that, have just drawn against Lecce uh, tonight. So, I mean, this is this is what happens very quickly when you hype teams up and then within the space of two games, they've they've dropped yeah. four points. Got to say, I think that... Um, I mean... Also, by the way, a quick side note, sorry to interrupt. Ossiman right. probably had one of his lesser games tonight he was not he was not very good no no he he had a chance to to seal it but he yeah he, i think he's allowed one bad game but yeah but I, I, overall um i i know they've lost insignia mertens and um Koulibaly, but as i like those players more but i i kind of think this napoli team is more fun than last year no, oh, no, of course, of course. Uh, just, um, just a thought I had in my head. Um, I think it, they they play more entertaining football now, and I think the players who kind of come in has this kind of. I don't know how to, how to put it in English, but yeah, I I think try. It's a, Go ahead, try. Um, they they're kind of all more exciting than the ones who left. Yeah. I think. And it's, I think we said it last week, but it's, maybe the exception it's been... of uh, Koulibaly. I think that that Kim adds an um, threat to to kind of uh, set pieces and all that. But I I think that Koulibaly is uh, obviously he's a much better player. Yeah, yeah, but it, it's certainly been a fun like recalibration for. Ooh, um, I, I found the uh, word. Uh, the, the word I was looking for before is kind of uh, more fun rejuvenation of, of the... Of yes, the yes, yes, yes. I have to say as well, tonight, the 1-1 with Lecce, he did change things quite frequently. Uh, Rahmani didn't start. Um, Laboka didn't start either. And then I think he sort of, he didn't panic. But at halftime, he changed... Not at halftime and then... After 10 minutes in the second half, he changed a lot. So Tangi and Dombele had a half, came off for Zelensky. Raspadori only had a half, came on for Laboka. Um, and then after 10 minutes, he was like, right, Ilmas is not doing the best here. I need to put Kawash Kellier on. Basically through the kitchen sink at it, might taking Nguisa off for Gio Simeone as well. Maybe he could have done that earlier, but it just it didn't really work for him. Um well, it, it's it's difficult when sides play a low block, but at least he's one of those managers who tries everything quickly. But it, it'll be it'll be interesting to see how they bounce back from that this weekend. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah. Right then, this Saturday we have three massive games, massive games: Fiorentina, Juve at two, and then the big one, Milan Derby at five, and then the seven forty-five, the nice time slot because. All the games have settled by then. Lazio-Napoli. 
we were talking about this off air, but there's so much football on all the time. There's and this is off topic, but the Merseyside Derby half twelve. How do you like divide your time just out of interest? Basically, I don't have a life, and I have multiple screens. Yeah, me too. I don't put multiple screens on anymore. I find like I can't concentrate on one game. I I have multiple screens, but I kind of have one. How should I say main screen yeah. where I watch more closely. But like, how do you pick which game to watch? Ah, but you. It's, it's just kind of what what kind of mood or what I feel is the most interesting at that moment. Yeah, I, I don't. It's just a lot on all the time now, and it's so readily accessible. Yeah. So if like me and Max, you're gonna be in front of the telly watching Fiorentina Juve at two, then Milan Inter at five, then Lazio Napoli at seven forty-five. This is all UK time, by the way. Also, telly is slang for television in English. Did you, have you heard of that? Telly. Yeah, yeah, I've heard of that. Telly. Telly. So, Milan Derby. Hit me. I'm I'm not feeling too well about it. Um, Why? I, I think that Milan has looked off um, in these first few games, and I think Inter looked very good. Um, the, um, the quick, quick take on, on what you thought of the, that dreadful game against Asola. Oh yeah, it felt like everything was half-assed. Um, when Milan didn't get a lot into the final third, but when they did, nothing clicked. Looked okay. I mean, nothing clicked there. Um, didn't really create any good chances. They had maybe two or three good chances, but they all came through counters. Um, so yeah, I think it was a very underwhelming performance overall. And um, the the as we said earlier about about Napoli, Milan rotated a lot as well. Um, Florenzi came in for Calabria. Uh, we had uh, Pobega coming in. Um, did they really? I I thought that really affected everything when Pobega came in. How do you mean? The the like the pivot of Tonali and Benesse is like the beating heart of that Milan team. Yeah, I thought it was too too soon, and also he, I I I completely understand why he made the changes. Um, yeah, I thought because you've got the derby coming up, but Kaya straight away in against um, Berardi and and Pinamonti and Simon Kaya should be. Sh- Surely, after being away for so long, slowly bedded in. Why didn't you put him on when he would tune up against Bologna the weekend? It, yeah, it, it would have been making more. It would have made more sense, that. right? Give him twenty minutes there and then bring him or on, or even start him there. Um, yeah, rather than against uh, this Sassuolo team. Um, but yeah, I, I think that affected a lot as well. And I, I liked what I saw of Pobega at Spezia and Torino, but. Um, so far, I'm not sold uh, from his performances in in Milan. Uh, I think he kind of looks heavy, uh, not not <laughs> not not physically heavy, but I think he's kind of slow in in how the decisions he makes, the the runs he takes, and how he cracks back. I I'm not sold so far, but. I think there's more more to show there. Uh, let's just see if if it's enough. Yeah, the the requirements of 
playing in midfield for AC Milan are very different to playing in Torino? Yeah, I'm. I'm not quite sure he's he has the um, characteristics on on the ball to kind of succeed as a Milan midfielder because he doesn't have that same kind of technique and passing ability as Benazer and Tonali. Um, Kessie had kind of a different role. He was more of a semi-destroyer, um, kind of just winning possession and progressing the ball up the pitch. He kind of had a tailor-made um, role and, and position, which doesn't really exist anymore, I think. Um, so, yeah. Let's let's see what Pobega can show, but so far he hasn't started out well. Um, so we will see. Um, in the derby, um, it was a very rotated Milan side now, but I think they will kind of start out with the best players available. Um, obviously because it's a derby and it's. A very big and important game. Um, so yeah, I, I expect uh, Tonali and uh, Benazer to be back as starting the pivot. Um, Liao, uh, Giroud. I think the Ketteler will will start as. A... This is what I wanted to ask you about. Do we do we think CDK is starting or? I think so. Yeah, because mm. um, I I, didn't, I don't think Brahim Diaz showed enough. Uh, against Asuolo to kind of earn the, the spot and Radek Runic is out with an injury um, so I, I don't see who else would start there it, maybe Tonali uh, as he did towards the end of last season to kind of be a a player to overload the box but yeah I I, I would think that the Kettler starts yeah um, there seems to be no other choice apart from Giroud, really, as well, up front. No, uh, no uh, Origi missed out on the Sassuola game due to a minor minor injury. Um, so I, I can't see him going in starting. He hasn't started yet for Milan. Um, the question is if... Um, so, basically, today, Wednesday... Uh, two transfers seems to be done for Milan. Uh, Ast- Aster Franks from Wolfsburg yeah. and Serginho Dest from Barcelona. Um, yes, I've just seen this. Yeah. So, I, mean, I don't think, obviously he's not going to be signed in time for the derby. But No, no, I don't think so either. But it, the, the Serginho Dest signing makes me think that if he possibly is signed as a right winger because... Calabria just became captain. Yeah. And I think it would be a good signing, uh, to be honest. I think he's he has some nice offensive qualities as well as some good defensive qualities. So he can kind of compensate when Liao um, advances uh, offensively, um, kind of balances the team a bit. But yeah. Oh, getting back to the topic. Um, that that's basically the um, the changes I see. I think yeah. that Kalulu and Tomori will start as as a center back, um, 
and Calabria and Tio as the as the fullbacks. I think it'll just be the the team that started against Bologna, really, which which seems like your best eleven. Yeah, yeah, basically, yeah. No Lukaku for Inter. Uh, That's a massive blow. Di Marco didn't look the sharpest against Lazio. No, Dumfries looks particularly dangerous on that side, as in he looks like he's going to be a lot more dangerous than what he was last year. You know, and now they're um, selling Gosens to Leverkusen. Yeah, I, I don't really know what's going on there. As in, no. I expected a lot more from Robin Gosens when he first signed, but me too. Um. So, so they have they have a problem at wing back. They have a problem. There's also like at least on the on the left because I I think Dumfries is doing a good job. Oh yeah, no, no, of course. But imagine if there's a Dumfries injury. Sorry. Imagine if there's a Dumfries injury. Oh yeah, yeah, of course, of course, yeah. But also like your best player last year, can most consistent player was probably Perisic. Yeah, that that is a massive blow. And then you lose him, and then the the guys coming in aren't doing the best job and then the guy that you basically signed to succeed Perisic whenever he left goes because he's either A, you need money again because Suning or B because he just wasn't doing the job I won't kind of rule out a sale for Minas Kriniar either. Yeah, I was about to say that. There's there's still, I think some Inter fans will be very happy when the window closes um, but there doesn't seem to be much of an attack coming from the wing backs. No. Skriniar might might leave. Um, yeah, it's, it's going to be an interesting matchup. I I think it's going to be one of those really early fixture stalemate draws. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think both teams will be kind of hesitant and kind of cautious. What are we going for? Mm. I think 2-1 uh, win for Inter. I think it's going to be a boring 1-1. One, one. <laughs> Honestly, I, I would take that right now. A boring 1-1? One, one? I, I, it's, it's been like pretty common in Syria at the minute. That yeah. I'm, I'm just waiting and then I, I know when we get it, we're going to go apeshit, but there just hasn't been much crazy this year, this season yet. No. It's because the I don't know, players are just exhausted. They're going to keep being more exhausted, but what to do? There's a World Cup coming. Yeah. No, but I, I my prediction is 2-1 to Inter, and I think... Pessimistic. Yeah, but I think they've looked really good uh, apart from, from the game against Lazio. Against Lazio. Let's see. Let's, I think, wrap it up there. I think that there's been plenty to digest uh, in the weekend with the midweek fixtures as well. Maxi? My friend, always a pleasure. We will always text during the Milan derby. I'm sure it will always be as chaotic as it is. <laughs> the, the texting, even if the derby isn't. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, absolutely. The the, the derby never disappoints in that way. Yeah, be explosive. Yeah. Uh, thank you very much listener we will see you again next week go check out everything on breakingthelines.com and uh, thank you for tuning in whether it's Spotify, Acast Anchor Pirate Radio and we will see you again next week